Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm coming to you on my own today because on Tuesday evening, I had to go to a very important function that I just could not miss. And Grace had something she had to do on Tuesday as well. And our two schedules just didn't line up. My event, I had to go see my eight-year-old nephew's first ever cross-country meet. So I couldn't miss that. He finished... 13th out of like 50 kids, which is pretty good considering he's in third grade and it goes all the way up to fifth graders. Ran a mile in like 8.30, which is pretty good. Pretty impressed with the uh, with little Joey because he's a short little skinny kid, but he uh, worked really hard. So I was very proud of him for that. But you're gonna have to deal with me all on my own today. But to make up for it, you will be able to hear an extra helping of Grace and I later today because we will be airing our first ever Patreon-only Q&A. We got some great questions from listeners and Patreon subscribers, everything from how each of us got involved with Broadway Radio to some of our favorite mishaps that we've seen on stage to a really out there question from our friend and listener Joe about a Sondheim theatrical universe which was really fun to dive into. So if you want to hear that and if you want to submit questions to future Q&A episodes, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Okay, first up, we have a little bit of house cleaning, not ours, but actually coming from the upcoming Broadway production of The Notebook. On Tuesday evening, they sent out a press release that had a bunch of information, normal stuff coming to Broadway, but they cleaned up when their first preview date would be. The press release said, quote, The Notebook will begin Broadway previews on February 10th, 2024. An earlier incorrect announcement said February 6th. The opening night is still set for March 14th, 2024. The pushing back of the first preview performance is obviously something that we've seen many times. So it is interesting that they are saying that the first announcement was just a mistake rather than, hey, we need a few extra days or something changed or a schedule changed. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe it was just a literal mistake in the press release. That would seem a little hard to believe, I guess, but fairly interesting. But nonetheless, the show will begin performances at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theater on February 10th. In other news, of course, if you listen to Today on Broadway in the regular feed yesterday or the additional mini episode in the Patreon feed, you already know this, but I did want to make sure that everybody heard it, that the musical adaptation of the novel Water for Elephants will be coming to Broadway in 2024. It'll begin performances at the Imperial Theater on Broadway on Saturday, February 24th, two weeks after we know that The Notebook will begin performances, and it has an opening night set for Thursday, March 21st. If you want to hear us talk more about that, you go back to yesterday's episode where Grace and I get into it all. All right, we've got some show and casting news that I wanted to hit at the top of this episode. Yesterday, we got additional casting for the upcoming Broadway premiere of Brandon Jacob Jenkins' Appropriate. It'll begin performances at the Helen Hayes Theater, thanks to Second Stage, on November 28th, with an opening night of December 18th. We already knew that Sarah Paulson, the great Emmy, Golden Globe, and SAG Award winner, will be leading the company, but joining her is some pretty exciting folks as well. We know that Corey Stoll will be joining the cast, as well as Natalie Gold and Alyssa Emily Marvin. There will be additional casting to be announced at a later date. Corey Stoll, of course, is an incredible actor of both stage and screen, performing at some of the best classic pieces of work in New York City, everything from Macbeth, Othello, Julius Caesar, A View from the Bridge, Intimate Apparel. He's also a star of both the small and big screen, starring on the TV show Billions, as well as 
Transatlantic and Scenes from a Marriage, House of Cards. He's also been in two of the Ant-Man movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was in the second film adaptation of West Side Story. Alyssa Emily Marvin recently made her Broadway debut in Grey House. She also originated the role of Kathy in Trevor the Musical, both off-Broadway and in the Disney Plus adaptation. And then the one that I think a lot of people are very excited about, including Grace, is Natalie Gold, who plays Rava Roy on HBO's Succession. Basically, every cast member from the show of Succession has been like, okay, this incredible show just ended. I'm going to go do theater. So she has been in that, also on the TV show The Leftovers, which is one of my favorite of all time. Also on the TV show The Americans, one of my favorites of all time. A really exciting and interesting cast. Of course, we know that Appropriate will be directed by the great Lila Neugebauer as well. All right, heading over to the Richard Rogers Theater, it feels like Ewan Morton has been playing King George III in Hamilton forever. And while that obviously is not true, as there have been other kings before him, he's been there since I think 2017, at least. Well, starting Tuesday night, there is a new king, and it is a perfect casting as Jared Spector has taken over the role of King George. Morton played his final performance on Sunday. Spectre takes over on Tuesday. Of course, you know Spectre from his Tony-nominated turn as Barry Mann in Beautiful the Carol King musical. He also played Sonny Bono in The Cher Show. Had a long run in Jersey Boys as well as Frankie Valli. And I just saw him at the Muni playing Freddie Trumper in chess as well. So he's great, and I think this is a really fun casting, and it reminds you that even though this show has kind of been chugging along with really great cast of people that have kind of stayed in these roles for a long time, that a lot of people still want to do this show. And it'll be very cool to see if we get another wave of people who'd come into the show that have a little bit more Broadway cachet than some of the people that have been there for long runs. Not that they haven't been fantastic, but now that the show isn't necessarily pulling in two to $3 million every week, maybe they do bring in somebody with a little bit more Broadway cred to get some folks back in there and paying, paying a little bit more money. All right, so I'm gonna pivot here. The next story actually just broke as I'm recording. I just saw it for the first time. And this is something that I had heard already and it is that the Devil Wears Prada musical will open in the West End coming up in October of 2024. But there's a bit of a twist. When the show was done in Chicago, it was directed by Tony Award winner Anna D. Shapiro. But when it plays London, it'll be directed and choreographed by Jerry Mitchell. The show will first have an exclusive preview engagement at the Theatre Royal Plymouth in July 2024, before heading to the West End's Dominion Theatre. I have heard uh, some interesting things about the development of this show. Of course, we know that the score was written by Elton John, lyrics by Shayna Taub, and a book by Kate Weatherhead. That still might be the case on paper. I have heard that there are some significant changes not only to the show itself going on, but perhaps even more members of the creative team. We've already seen a number of changes with this show because originally Paul Rudnick had been writing the book. Then they brought Kate Weatherhead in to, I believe, to collaborate. And now Kate, who I actually walked by on the street when I was in New York in August, is the only credited book writer. The choreographer for the Chicago run was James Alsop. So both he and Anna D. Shapiro are no longer with the production. I had heard that during the Chicago run at the tail end, they had brought Jerry Mitchell in 
to kind of get his opinion on things. Jerry is a known show doctor. He will often be called into musical comedies and just to help tweak things here or there. This is a practice that has been done in theater and especially musical theater for decades, basically since the beginning of the American musical. So there's nothing unusual about that at all. But apparently the producers and the powers that be thought the changes that needed to be made were significant enough to completely change out the director and choreographer and have Jerry do that on his own. I will be interested to see what other changes they make. I've also heard that it very well might be a mostly new score. Of course, there might be a song here or there that they like and they want to keep. But I heard that Elton John is working on just taking a complete new crack at it. The cast when the show had its July and August run in Chicago last year included Taylor Armand Jones as Andy, Beth Level as Miranda, Javier Munoz as Nigel, Megan Masako Haley as Emily, Christiana Cole as Lauren, Tiffany Mann as Kayla, Michael Takano as Nate, and Christian Thompson as Christian Thompson. I checked this in three different places. And not only is that the character's name played by Simon Baker in the movie, but that's the actor's name as well. So a little bit of kismet there. So this one will be interesting. Uh, we'll, we will see what happens. We will obviously keep a close eye on that. It will begin performances in a little under a year, in 10 months. Obviously, they will probably want this to come back to the States at some point. But based on the way that some Jerry Mitchell shows have been so much better received in London than they have been in New York, things like Legally Blonde, Pretty Woman, Kinky Boots was well accepted on both sides of the Atlantic. So um, maybe they do a, a British cast and then come over with a completely different uh, American cast when and if it comes to Broadway. All right, let's break from our show and casting news here and talk about last week's Broadway grosses. The big story of the grosses is that A Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond musical, crossed the $1 million mark for the first time since May and that, of course, probably has a lot to do with the fact that it changed its schedule to offer a Thursday matinee, something that we talked about when this was announced, something that I am in very high support of. It brought in $1,008,021. That is a $115,538 increase. And I'm really happy that this worked and I hope that it continues to work and they continue to do great business because showing that Broadway can be something other than the traditional schedule, I think will only help more people get to the theater. And hopefully if they don't abuse it, which it's capitalism, so of course they will, it should hopefully also help the actors and crew members and workers as well. With 22 shows compared to the 23 the previous week, Broadway actually had an 18% decline in total grosses to come in at just $21,334,228. Attendance, though, only declined 9% to $189,965. The average ticket price dipped 10% to $112.31. Overall, The Lion King was still the top grocer at $1,850,459. Hamilton was next at $1.7 million. Sweeney Todd, seven performances at $1.6. MJ at $1.5. And then Wicked at $1.49. The rest of the shows north of a million dollars were Aladdin, Moulin Rouge, Back to the Future, Cursed Child, and A Beautiful Noise. There were only two shows that saw a week-to-week -week increase. Of course, A Beautiful Noise was one of them, and Chicago was the other, increasing just about $43,000. Of course, the previous week was coming out of Labor Day, so I'm interested if there was still some residual tourism coming out of the holiday weekend, even if kids were back in school, because the, the biggest shows that declined were all at least family-friendly shows. Harry Potter, Anne Juliet, Lion King, Wicked, 
Back to the Future, Hamilton, Aladdin. Then you get into Here Lies Love and Six. Those shows were all in the red for six figures. Not a single show on Broadway last week played to capacity. So we are starting to get more shows in there. Pearly Victorious, a non-Confederate romp through the Cotton Patch, played its first six preview performances last week and only brought in 227 thousand. $928 with an average ticket price of $62 and its capacity was under 61%. So hopefully that will continue to find its audience and grow both of those numbers. All right, I'll run through the rest of these stories uh, really quickly because the Devil Wears Prada announcement uh, threw my rundown off a little bit, but we got information about this year's Broadway flea market and grand auction benefiting Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. It'll be hosted in the heart of the theater district on October 1st. Oh, shoot, one week before I get to town uh, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tons of stars in there. Tons of shows will be there. There will be a meet and greet with Milky White which is, of course, something that everybody's going to want to do. Some of the items that'll be available in the live auction include lunch with Oscar winner and Tony Awards host and Tony nominee Ariana DeBose, a private meet and greet with Josh Groban that also comes with two VIP seats to Sweeney Todd, individual musical phrases signed by JRB, Stephen Schwartz, Stephen Sondheim, and more, a Mean Girls script signed by Tina Fey, a custom Harold Hill Broadway Funko signed by Hugh Jackman. One-of-a-kind experiences from tons of stars. So if you want more information, check it out in the show notes. And then an announcement coming from the Geffen Playhouse in Los Angeles that is very, very exciting. Terrell Alvin McCraney has been named the artistic director. He is not only an Oscar-winning film writer, he's a Tony-nominated playwright. He will join the staff immediately to begin working on building the 2024-2025 season. McCraney made his Broadway debut in 2019 with Choir Boy. He was also part of the Geffen Playhouse Artist-in-Residency beginning in February of 2020, along with Sterling K. Brown, Glenn Davis, Brian Tyree Henry, John Michael Hill, and Andre Holland. This is a really, really cool decision, and it's kind of something that we is a little bit outside the box. We normally don't think of playwrights as artistic directors for large not-for-profit theater organizations. His play, In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue, was the basis for the Oscar-winning film Moonlight, for which he won the Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar, and then it won Best Picture as well. McCraney is also an ensemble member at Chicago's Steppenwolf Theater, so of course he has a lot of experience in these types of regional organizations. All right, real quick, Rose Byrne and Kelly O'Hara will lead a roundabout theater company benefit reading of Noel Coward's Fallen Angels on November 6th at 7 p.m. Roundabout interim artistic director Scott Ellis will direct. For more information, you can check out roundabouttheater.org. All right, that is all that I have for you today. Sorry for going a little long on this. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Check out Grace and I's Patreon exclusive Q&A episode in the Patreon feed, patreon.com slash broadwayradio. All right, everybody have a wonderful hump day and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>